0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: On this episode of Damsels in the DMs.
0: I get another DM from somebody else who I don't know that says this, so-and-so is my boyfriend, lay off him. I don't know the relationship that you two have, but he's mine. I will come and hunt you down. I'm like, wait, what?
2: There's some damsels in the
0: DMs, please please tell us what's the vibe, DMs, DMs, Uh yeah we see them, yeah we read them, DMs, DMs, we don't need them, we just leave them, please, yeah.
1: It's going down in the DMs, bye. Hello everyone
0: and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs, I'm Lauren.
2: Alejandro and today oh my goodness what a gift we have Teddy Margus writer comedian actor what a gem seriously like I could not stop smiling I could not stop laughing like he is just a bundle of joy and wisdom oh my
1: gosh we talk about following your path a lot on this project this podcast and I feel like Teddy is the perfect example of just sticking with it knowing what you're meant to do and just continuing to follow your passion no matter what the odds are and I think it shows like if you care so much about doing this career then you can have it I feel like he's the perfect example of that
2: absolutely holding oneself accountable for the things that we get ourselves involved in and committing to seeing something through to its fruition I think there's so much to learn from this episode so much to laugh at so much to appreciate oh my goodness let's get into it shall we
1: well one question alejandro you know the dm of the week did ask what's a song that makes you feel like you're kicking ass i'd like to hear from you
2: what's a song that makes me feel like i'm kicking ass i'd have to say i'm drawing a blank what's yours
1: bossy by Kellis. I really asked you because I wanted to share mine because I'm so passionate about Bossy by Kellis that like anytime I have to do something hard, including on the set to Defining Godot, I have to be blasting Bossy by Kellis.
2: I live, I live. Well, you know what? Most recently, I know Shania Twain came out with a song called Giddy Up and that has me feeling very confident and full of energy. So I'd have to say, yeah, Giddy Up by Shania Twain.
1: And what's the song that gives you all the feels?
2: Well, the feels, Oh, I defer to you. Let's, let's, let's give me a moment. My goodness, these impromptu questions. Oof,
1: I oh, I'm really getting you today. Okay. In Hamilton. Have you seen Hamilton?
2: Y- yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. So, you know, like in the ending sequence, when it's like um, Hamilton has passed away and they all come back on stage to talk about Hamilton's accompli- accomplishments and his wife, Eliza, starts singing and she's like, the orphanage. That song, oh my God, that makes me so depressed. Because wow. Eliza lived up with his memory, you know? It's so nice.
2: You know what? Speaking of musicals, uh, are you familiar with Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream?
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
2: The one where that I close my eyes drew oh. like back the curtain. That I, for some reason, it was like two, a week or two ago, I was reminded of that musical and of that song that I put it on and like instantly I just I went back to my childhood self and I remember like memorizing the lyrics getting so obsessed with the words of this song of all the songs really in that musical but that that particular one gave me a load of feels that I was not expecting <laughs> but really excited to experience in that moment so
1: beautiful. <laughs> speaking of kicking ass and giving us all the feels let's get into it with Teddy
2: let us. Oh my God, Teddy Marcus. Hello, how are you?
0: Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm Hi, Hondu, I remember you so well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, have you been? It's been so long. I clearly remember.
2: I mean, yeah. For listeners, we had a quick little recap on how we crossed paths. It was I, a brain fart, more like. A brain fart. I mean, hopefully heard around the world. We'll see. <laughs> like a nice airy moment yes well no um it was beautiful when i first saw you perform in person um it was via maria de la ghetto at a comedy show and you were doing a bit where uh you embodied a karen who uh, was
0: doing readings of yelp reviews oh my god Oh, yeah, goodness. Karen's gone wild. it's It's an insane. That's an insane journey, how that even came about. But the funny thing is, is i only recently since the pandemic started doing the Karens mm. because I don't I mean it was a show, and we take like so it's called social media meltdowns. And we find stuff on social media that, you know, you kind of, Oh God, I wish I didn't do that. You ever see somebody go off on social media and okay. you're like, what is this person doing? Like everybody's reading this. And so we find them and we literally read them. There's no, and so I always like to do something a little more creative. I found this rant Well, this Karen was going off on like these national monuments and writing Yelp reviews like about the Great Wall of China and, and and I was like is she kidding me? Like she was like I we were at the Great Wall of China and no one speaks English. I'm like well you're in China. You know? And so to make it more creative I found like this I'm i I'm I'm very much into wiggery. I I found this wig that was cut like a Karen cut and I put it on and I'm like oh god I really look like a Karen. And I read them and it it did really well. So People started to ask me, can you do Karen on my show? Can you do Karen on my show? So for some reason, when, I, you know, can you do my podcast? I, I pictured somebody else. And so uh-huh. this it's really, your brain is a really amazing thing. Because <laughs> when you think of it's one person and then you like, okay, well, where's that guy that I was talking to? And like, oh, it's you. And then it hit me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's early here. I'm back in LA. I was just in New York. Nice. Anyway, so how,
2: was, how was New York?
0: Warm. <laughs> I, I went to, my my family lives in Florida, my parents are in Florida, so I went to Florida for Christmas and then New York, and I was so panicked, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to, I'll pack two suitcases, I'll pack a New York suitcase and a Florida suitcase. Florida was freezing, New York was warm, I was so confused.
1: It's <laughs> been warm lately, I'm in New York, and it has been like warmer than I expected, I was skiing before, and that was freezing, like blizzard level. And I was in california for skiing and i was like really thrown off that i went oh, <laughs> <I'm skiing." laughs> new york is warmer
0: <laughs> what is happening i have no idea happening. Ha- i was so excited because i i haven't worn a coat i want to say like in 15 years oh my god and i got the cutest puffer coat and i got skinny jeans to go with a puffer coat and i got a cute little scarf and gloves from rei which i will never go back to again <laughs> and it was just i was <clears throat> so excited i didn't need it
1: the worst cute little feeling.
0: blazer was enough.
1: I didn't need my New Year's <laughs> outfit because I got snowed in a blizzard. So I will never wear that cute sparkly dress for the all-
0: oh, okay, you can send it to me. I'll wear it.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know our listeners are like, who are you? Why are That's you doing Like, please tell us everything. Tell us about your background, how you got into comedy. We want all- everything.
0: Oh my God, everything. This is a long, long story. Um, for- I grew yeah. up poor... Puerto Rican child, no. Um I w- I was born and raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm
1: from I- Philadelphia. Shut up. Where? The main line, like right outside the city.
0: Oh, you are so mainline, Lauren. You are so mainline. <laughs> <laughs> The main line for for us who grew up in the city is like oh wow lauren lawrence lauren. <laughs> to be
1: fair my roots are drexel hill like upper darby oh
0: my god do you ever eat a drexel hill
1: pizza hell yeah that's hell my yeah. uncle no way really wow that's really close to where my house is i went to school on the main line but like where i really started was like upper darby drexel hill i'm actually filming somewhere in uh, this this summer in Drexel Hill because I'm Darby, Wow.
0: Yeah. This is such a small world, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So where in, in the in city are you from?
0: Um, I grew up in northeast Philadelphia and then ended up, you know, as soon as you're like able to drive, you go downtown center city. Right. And so I was I was I've I lived everywhere in Philly. I lived in northeast Philly, I lived in South Philly, I lived in center city. Like so I, I was like everywhere trying to find who i am who am i who am i south street when south street was cool yeah and so um i've always been a performer i i like to this is a crazy story but it's i don't even know if it's true because it's something that my mother told me but i didn't come out of the womb until 11:31 my mother was in labor forever and I was like, what does this have to do with anything, mom? She's like, you'll tell this one day on one of your little talk shows. <laughs> and I was like, well, just tell me. I wouldn't come out until the tonight show theme came on, according to her. She, oh was, my she God. was I was in labor. She was waiting. She was waiting. So to, to calm her down, they brought a TV into her hospital room. They turned on the tonight show. And as soon as it was like, Dada, Dada, I was like, <laughs> So I think I'm I think I've been a performer since birth. So I've always wanted to perform. I was in every single school play. I was the class clown. I went to a performing arts school in Center City, Philly. Just always wanted to, I tried everything. Wanted to be an actor. Uh, I moved out of here a long time ago and it just wasn't like working. For some reason I thought you'd get into town, on drugstore, you drink a soda, you get discovered in like within a year or two. I gave myself two years um, to try to hit and that wasn't working. So then I thought, well, let me try writing as the, that wasn't working. And then I like, forget it. I'm not going to do it. I ended up being a travel agent for a year and figured what am I doing? And I moved back to LA and said, this time I'm going to be like focused and I'm going to just create my own content, which is what changed everything rather than hoping that they, you know, bugging them, you know, knocking on doors. I'm gonna find a theater, I'm gonna do anything that I can without having to audition and then hopefully they'll come to me. And then that is what happened. Wow. So comedy was easy because you don't have to audition, you just have to be funny. And I I knew I was always funny. I just kind of figured out how to put it into an act. And then from comedy, I started getting auditions and then from, and it just started to just snowball. So everything that I wanted to do, that I thought I wouldn't do, started to happen again through comedy, writing, producing, and acting.
2: I wanna know what were some of the first pieces that you did when you were in those beginning stages? What were they like? You know,
0: the, I, um, last time, at Thanksgiving, I was visiting my parents in Florida and uh, my mother had this huge box of VHSs oh. and she taped everything that I did. And I just recently, like two weeks ago, wanted to transfer them to like mp4s. Uh-huh. So I have been immersed in what I, my content. And oh, man, I some of them I can't even look at hairdos. What was I thinking with that? Hairdo? <laughs> outfits? Are you I used to have this image that every time I would I would I would go on stage like in a tux. I thought it was like D. Martin in a tuxedo, oh. and, a, and a tiny martini glass. Mm. And then I would, but and it, this is like if I were hosting the show. And then I would leave, and I'd come back, and the martini glass would be bigger. And then I would leave and come back, and then the martini, and then eventually I'm with one. The last thing is one of those giant. I thought that was the funniest thing in the whole entire world. Thought it was the greatest bit ever. Just went back to watch it, and I thought this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this is so it it wasn't funny. I'm and and I thought, you know, because I'm a method actor, I'll use real vodka, not water. Ho. <laughs> By the end of the show, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> So I learned one drink tops before you perform and then afterwards you could have all that you want. And um stop trying to produce yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't like be real, be you because there's no other you. Even like so many people are like, oh God, he stole my joke, or I can't believe it. He's talking about the same thing. And that happens in comedy a lot. But if something, and if somebody's got like a fine tuned perception as to, oh, that's funny, or they, we're all gonna think the same thing is funny because we all do. And, And a person who watches comedy goes, you know, when you go, oh my God, that's so true. It's because we all think the same things are funny. So everyone's gonna have the same joke or the same idea of what's funny. And if you do it organically, it's yours. They can't take it because it's yours or you're doing it different. So anytime somebody would go up and they're like, oh God, they're talking about Trump. Well, your take is gonna be different. So what I learned from early, early bits was be you, be yourself. And if you can just not try to be this character, that was my experience. I always thought, oh, I have to be this and I have to be that. And I have to say this and I have to say that. Just just, just be organic.
1: It's really interesting because the fact, I feel like, that you can look back at your work and criticize it and see what you should have been doing differently really shows how much you've grown as an artist.
0: A big time. And I almost couldn't watch some of them. Like literally was cringing. And I sat with it forever because I was like, "How? Co-? I wanted to love that performer. I wanted to love him. And I couldn't. I was like, ew, uh, not funny. My stage presence, and I'm thinking like was then, oh, honey, I'm a natural at this. It, no, you are not a natural. Why do you think <laughs> you're a natural? So it, the, the, the thing that I learned from it, it was, just keep doing it. And eventually you will get good at it. Mm.
1: If you
0: just keep doing it all the time, whatever it is in life, it doesn't have to be comedy or acting. You keep doing it. You're going to get good at it. And so I couldn't, you know, I don't know the word I'm looking for. I couldn't fall in love with the guy that I'm watching myself. And I thought, why do I have to fall in love with him or find? So what I did was I pulled them and I started editing them and I am creating a TikTok for him
2: I love that that's so cool Yeah.
0: yeah so I'm creating a TikTok for him so I'm bringing like 90s Teddy into today and using those bits with the current TikTok trends and I'm starting to fall in love with him now. I'm starting to fall in love with him. And I call him like he's somebody else, but it's me. I'm starting to fall in love with him now because, like, you know that Wednesday Adams dance that they're doing on TikTok? Yeah. I'm, there's, there's I don't know where this was, but I'm up there going like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> who are you? Or do you think you're like Madonna? I don't know what you think you are. But I was able to cut it to kind of mimic the dance. And when I put it to the Wednesday Addams music, it like went perfect. And I'm like, oh my God, I love him. <laughs> and look how young I look. Cause it's me, <laughs> young. Uh, but whose voices
2: made an impact on you? I mean, I, I feel like it's two part, this question. Like I would love to know whose voices had an impact on how you hone your craft. But I also am curious, like whose career or journey do you find yourself kind of like, not maybe not emulating, but you know, taking
0: notes of inspiration from in terms of your character. I I I was an odd child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was a very odd child. I was obsessed with celebrity and fame. Honey, I had a monster fame ball way before Miss You Know Who. <laughs> <laughs> and um I loved watching Merv Griffin, Google Merv Griffin. He was a talk show host. Um I just thought he was amazing. And I loved he would do this show live from Rodeo Drive when and, like, grab celebrities. I'm sure it was all, like... It looked like, oh, my God, there's so-and-so walking down the street. Come over here and talk to us. But I'm sure it was, like, curated. But I loved him. And the more I learned about him, he produced the show. He did everything. So I wanted to do everything. So I was constantly putting on shows. Merv Griffin created Jeopardy.
1: What? Damn.
0: Okay. Now, here's the brilliance behind this guy, he wrote the theme song, du, du, du. you know, the oh, Jeopardy theme? Yeah. He yes. wrote it for his game show. He's long dead, but every time Jeopardy plays and every time that song plays, his estate gets royalties. Wow. Um, <clears>
1: throat> throat> boom,
0: boom, boom. Uh, so nice. It wasn't just, it wasn't just performing. It was you know, creating a brand, I guess, before brands were a yeah. thing, being a mogul. So I was always putting on productions, doing the costumes myself. I just wanted to do everything myself. I always had a theme song. I think the greatest gift you could give a child, your child, any is confidence. And no matter what I did, no matter how bad, no matter how tacky, and there was a lot of tacky things, um my parents thought it was the greatest thing in the whole entire world Mm. so the voice that's constantly in my head especially in this business of you're not good we don't want you you're wrong or then of course your brain goes oh my god they don't like me because i'm too heavy oh my god they don't like me because i'm too old oh my god they don't like me because i'm not funny go through the the voices that are still in my head with are my parents just constantly instilling You got this. I'm not even worried. I used to get angry at my parents. We'd be like, hey, you didn't ask how the show went. And my mother would be like, I don't have to ask how the show went. I know it was perfect. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> oh. you know what I mean? I, I in in like elementary school, you know, you, you make crafts gifts for your parents and our teacher creative artist that sure was brought in a whole thing of like pasta and we were gluing them to like cones to make decorations. And I didn't want to glue it to a cone. I wanted to take Elbow macaroni, string it on a string, spray it high shiny gold, and make a macaroni belt for my mom. (laughs) I'm not making that tacky macaroni tree. This is me. I'm making a gold belt for my mother. And so I made it. My mother wore that belt like with pride. Like later in life, like because I was like, Mom, because she saved it. Remember this belt? She's like, "Oh, that jacket belt!" Like <laughs> she didn't want to wear it, but she wore it. And to me, that's that's just that's a voice saying, "This is so fabulous that I have to wear it."
1: Yeah. So
2: what are some challenges that you've
0: faced that you feel comfortable sharing, and oh, maybe even currently face? There's always challenges. The challenge, the big, the biggest challenge is, I hate to quote RuPaul, "Your inner saboteur." Mm -hmm. you are your greatest critic foe enemy um and it's hard to get to get over that it is really really hard to you never think you're good enough you never think it's it's just and you always think, especially in when you're an actor Mm -hmm. because you you, you, you're you so close to things. Like when you when you audition for something, you audition. Then you get a callback. And then from a callback, you could be quote unquote, they call pinned. Pinned is like back in the day, they used to pin your eight by 10 glossy onto the corkboard there, sir. And so you were pinned. And it was, either you, it was usually you and somebody else when you're pinned. And they're like, for whatever reason, we don't know what's going through their head, but your head and your goes, Okay, I'm pinned. Oh God, it's not gonna be me. Because I'm ugly, I'm I'm fat, I am, I'm thin, I'm I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm I'm not talented. They know I'm a fake. Like that is always a challenge for me, getting that voice, stepping aside from that voice and getting that voice out of my head so that it doesn't ruin anything. Because I think, especially in casting, they feel that. They feel when you walk in there and you're like, oh, I'm so great.
2: You
0: know? <laughs> so getting over that is just I I think it's like I like to I call it manifesting like I like to just wake up every morning and just take a couple breaths um I got a treadmill during pandemic so I am walking on the treadmill and going in your head all the time not saying you're fabulous or all that but breathe and say you're good you are good in, in every aspect. You are a good person, you are you are talented, and just, you are kind enough, you are strong enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. People Quoting-
2: love you, Teddy. Child. Don't, don't, don't underdo it. Oh, People love you.
0: My goodness. <laughs> in the morning, in the mirror, as I'm brushing my hair 100 strokes. <laughs> people, people love you. <laughs> love you. Well, that speaking right. of strokes
2: of of hair, whether they be wig or real strands, what's what's part of your morning routine aside from
0: manifesting
1: or healthy habits that you, feel like habits, you have yeah. to do right. every day that morning?
0: You- <laughs> morning routine. Speaking of strokes,
1: <laughs> oh, <no.
0: laughs> you set me up for that. Well, I mean, I teed it up fine. I well, I mean, this. <laughs> This is crazy. I don't drink coffee. Wow. I never have. Like I, I but I grew up in a family of my mother and father had to drink two a pot of coffee each to even get out of the door. Oh my god. And I never understood that concept. Like I get I know that it was caffeine and they but like literally you could see a physical change in even my whole family like my aunts and my uncles like we would go on vacation to coffee and then okay. drink the coffee and they're like bam um, I wake up, bam. So but I loved the smell of fresh coffee in the morning. So I literally brew a pot of coffee every morning. So and I don't brew it. I mean I set it up and it's on a timer that I can smell it and I like to wake up to that smell. Isn't wow. that crazy?
2: So adorable. Like, what do you
0: do with the coffee, Teddy? Do you throw it out? Do you waste it? No, I have a neighbor who's a coffee addict, so I make his coffee.
1: Wow, that's so nice of you.
0: it's more selfish because I want the smell (laughs) but yeah I I so when the alarm when the timer on the coffee starts to go I can I'll smell it and when I wake up to that it's almost like a pleasant it reminds me of waking up I had a great childhood so it reminds me of just waking up in my childhood so I wake up I'll, I'll lay in bed for a little bit I lately now it's like get on the phone check all that I try not to do that but the first thing that I have to do is get on the treadmill because i hate working out with a passion i know everyone says that they do but i was like oh i dread it if i have any seconds to think about it i won't do it so it's like smell the coffee wake up i don't even shower brush my teeth right onto the treadmill that is what i that is but on that treadmill is like a meditation for me because that's when i can start doing my you're good you're great you're this you're gonna tackle this day you're powerful and that's that's basically my morning routine did
1: you have siblings growing up yes how many siblings did you have
0: i have a sister who's younger than me and a brother who's younger than the two of us so I was the oldest boy in a Greek family that's like, you're the king, you're the king, you're the king. And then I had a sister, and she's the queen, she's a girl, she's a queen. And then I had a brother, oh my God, you're the baby, you're the prince. So all of us had our role in our, in our family
1: and they moved from philly to florida your parents
0: my parents my grandparents retired to florida okay and then my parents when they retired retired to florida and my brother and sister can't live without their mommy and daddy so when they got married they said i guess we're going to florida i'm like why are all you cool people in florida yet florida is florida i don't understand <laughs> but okay you go to florida you do so <laughs>
1: When you went through some of the challenges that you talked about earlier, did you ever have a moment where you felt like, I can't do this anymore, like giving up?
0: Oh yeah, all the time. And I actually gave up once. Well, this career at least. Um, I'm not a quitter. Uh, I am a, I don't even know what you would call it. I won't start something unless I know I can finish it. Cause mm-hmm. I don't want to quit it. I know a lot of people start a million things and never do it. I start, a couple things, because I know, okay, I'll do it. And it is something is simply like, okay, I'm gonna eat very healthy, uh, not today, because I'm, I know I can't. But give me a day or two. Let me like get it all up in the body and let the body feel the molecules go. Okay, we're gonna do this, and then I'll start it. Because once I start it, mm-mm, it's got to be done. Um, I quit this business once. Once I quit it, because. I just was like, I can't, I'm not being creatively challenged. I don't understand the process. And I just was like, forget it. I don't want to do it. Um, And I moved out of LA. I moved back to Philadelphia, became a travel agent. I said that earlier. And one day, and I didn't mean to become a travel agent. Like literally I was helping a friend organize his office and the phone would ring and they were busy. So I would be like, do you want me to get that? And I got it. And then they were like, hey, why don't you come in a couple of days a week and answer the phones for us. I was like, oh, sure, okay, no problem. And then people would be like, can I want to book from here to here. This is when you were doing your own travel. Um, you had a travel agency, not online. Uh-huh. And then one day they were like, hey, why don't you take the travel agency course? We'll pay for it. And I became a travel agent and I didn't realize that it. it just kind of happened all within like a year. And then one time the phone rang and I answered and the woman on the other end said, hi, I need to speak to a travel agent. And I said, I'm a travel agent. And when I said it, my, my it's the first time I kind of heard it. And when I was like, <laughs> and I, I quit that day. Damn. I wow, that really? Day. That day? Huh?
1: You quit that day?
0: I quit. I gave two weeks notice that day. Wow, because I thought that was never even on my rate. And I didn't hate it. But I thought when I heard me say, Oh, I'm a travel agent. It it, and that everything like nothing. It wasn't that I don't want to knock travel agents. It was just not something that I ever thought I wanted to do. And just it just happened. When I heard it, I thought, I don't care how bad you get on stage or how bad you feel about yourself you're never going to feel as bad about yourself as you did in that moment in that particular moment when once again not poo-pooing travel agents it just wasn't something that I wanted to do and it was like and I remember I remember it so vividly holding the phone going how what is happening and so I gave two weeks notice and moved right back to California and that's when I said I'm going to move back and I'm not going to be knocking on doors. They're going to knock on my door. And the only way that they can do that was I'm going to just put my, my product out there.
1: Wow. How this long before, ago was that?
0: In, when 99 was turning into 2000. Wow. It was kind of like a a whole, the whole world, Y2K. (laughs)
1: Revolution.
0: Oh, the whole world was like, we're going to die of a stroke of midnight on 1999, and
1: all the banks are going to be zero, and they're going to lose all our money. And I'm like, not me, honey. I'm going back to LA. See you later. So how did,
2: so I remember coming upon you and your work. This was, oh my god. Back when I was watching, I was keeping up with Hey Queen, and um I think Hot Tea was that. What was- Hot Tea?
0: How Hot Tea mean? was like the sister to Hey Queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How
2: did you get involved in 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 all of
0: that work with Johnny? Well, this is once again. This is like if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Um, I had a show. I love West Hollywood. That's where I live. I don't think I will ever leave West Hollywood, although I say that and cut to, I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, and there were no comedy shows in West Hollywood, none. Like if I had to do comedy, I would have to go like, I would go to downtown LA, or I would go to the heart of Hollywood, or I mean, the the improv's in West Hollywood, but it wasn't like, it was it was a big, you know. Yeah. I wanted like a cute little intimate cabaret show. And um I started a show at a bar called Foo Bar. Oh. Um and it it was it was called the Mikey and Teddy show because I had like a, a comedy partner and that was the greatest thing I could have ever done because I constantly was on stage every week. Uh, I had a place to perform and I met hundreds and thousands of comics and Johnny McGovern. Uh, had just come from New York because he was a a New York uh, comic and he was on the Big Gay Sketch Show and he was on the Ricky Lake Show like he was like established and he contacted me I think either MySpace or Facebook I don't remember and he said like I hear you run a great show I would like to be on it and I thought who wants to build my show and he came and did it and we just became friends. And it started with, hey, uh, I need I need somebody to come in and play the reporter on this show. And I was like, cause he has like so many shows. He's constantly like constantly. And I was like, oh, you want me to play? And he's like, yeah, come on. And, and we just little by little started to work together. And then I started, he was like, hey, I would love it if you helped me produce A Queen. So I said, oh, okay, what does that involve? <laughs> He's like, well, just what you do at Foobar, you just got to do it at Hay Queen. So I started producing Hay Queen, writing Hay Queen with him. And then he was like, I would love for you to be on our sister show. And then it just was like, oh my God, wow. By not knocking on doors, by building the product, which was the show at FUBAR, look what happened.
1: Wow. So cool.
0: And now we're working on, we do podcasts, we're constantly working together. And, um, we sold a, a show to Alt TV and it's called Go Go for the Gold. And it's like RuPaul's Drag Race, but for go-go dancers. I love that. And it's just, and it was like the t- highest rated show on out. Al- it's, it's only in Canada and other markets. Uh-huh. And it's, it's like, I, we literally sit in like my living room and we think of challenges and i'm like i can't believe we're having such a good time and end up with a product that we get it's just it's insane
2: wow it's building and I love that's that how him. i met him i love that when he asked you to fulfill the role of the reporter it's almost like taking it back to the merv griffin days that you were describing where like he was doing these celebrity Everything. impromptu das and like having these interactions and like knowing like the trajectory of like becoming a producer and you know having that creative control
0: like i never knew i did not know that that was where it was where it was going to lead and i remember saying to him you know god you i and this was a little bit after but a while ago why me and he said something that i i it still rings in my head he goes why you because i believe in you like, oh, like, not that no one's ever said that to me before. But you don't really, you know, you're so busy working and going and moving and doing and doing and doing and doing and doing. Even if somebody does say you don't hear it. It's just going Yeah, okay. I oh, got yeah, mm, yeah. you're funny. Yeah, okay, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. you're just doing 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 doing. And it wasn't until one day we had we had sold something and we were so excited about it. And we were celebrating it. And I just said, wow, out of all the people that you could have asked to have been that reporter many moons ago why was it me he was like because i believe i believe in you uh, right that's amazing. it just takes like says i believe in you it's four words mm-hmm. it's four words
1: and but it goes back to what you were talking about how sometimes we're our own worst enemies and sometimes those words of affirmation and just hearing from somebody else like yeah i know that you're great and i know that you're going places makes all the difference done yeah. Like
0: completely. And that's that's what my parents did with that damn gold macaroni bell.
2: But it's I think it hits different when it comes from a peer or a collaborator. Absolutely.
0: And absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not to absolutely. say that it like means more, es- but it's just it has a different weight. Yeah. I'm completely different. It's somebody that you look up to. When when one of your not that he was an idol, but it was just like, I like what he's doing. Yeah. He's funny. He's, he was on Ricky Lake forever. Then he got on to be on the Big Gay Sketch Show, which was a big thing for gay comics at the time. He worked with Rosie O'Donnell and then branched off into doing his own show. Hey, Queen became huge. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, this guy believes in me? I must have something. Yeah. And like you said, Lauren, it's that inner saboteur that will ruin you if you let it. So it's a, it's a work that we all need to do yeah. daily. We're all good enough, all of us. Absolutely. And even as much as I think I've worked on it, you, you still need to do that to yourself. Because well, right. I, I had done um, a, a little co-star role on AJ and the Queen, it was that RuPaul, RuPaul series. Mm-hmm. And Michael Patrick King, the creator of Sex in the City, like the, the gay god of all gods. <laughs> Um, he was directing my episode and I was, this wasn't even that long ago. Here I go slipping back into impress, impress, producing myself. He took me aside. He was like, I hired you because you are enough. So no, whatever you're doing, don't do more. You're enough. Uh That once again, that was another, like, I am enough. Oh my God. And that's the truth. He he actually, I had to use my phone in the scene, and he was like, "Put it on your put right. You are enough. I want it on your phone because that's what you're going to look at when you're supposedly on your phone." And I still have it on my phone now. Wow. You are enough. Told you by Michael Patrick King. Oh right. Oh my God. I mean, can I be? Can I be Kim Cattrall? <laughs> I could do it. I could do it. Put me in the new one. I could do it. Samantha, look Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Oh <yeah>. like <laughs> <My goodness. laughs> that was major. That's huge. Yeah, massive. that is so huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I but, think that leads us to the best time to get into our DM questions.
0: I agree. I agree. So DM? I thought it was DL.
1: DM, like your direct messages on Instagram.
0: Oh, I thought it was people we that we are that are on the down low. Oh, okay. I get it. Oh I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I and I wrote down all the people I was with. They were on the DL. All right, different. Oh, we have well, you know, plenty of time DL for that too. Be in the yes. DM, so <laughs> they my, were slipping my in my like, DM because they were on the DL. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. So I mean, maybe it's a two, oh two one. I have a bogo deal. <laughs> what is the funniest or wildest, most intriguing DM, or it could be most inspirational? that you've ever received? Oh, God,
0: um, this is this. I'm going to make this a super short story. You don't realize that people can see your stuff uh, in whatever I, I'm a I'm looking forward all the time and I'm constantly doing And when I am do something. I'm It's always on to the next thing. I don't look back and go, oh, look at that. Like, so I don't realize what's happening behind me. Right. Yeah. And so I had done a show and then the next day someone in my dm was like you are so funny now i don't know who the person was i didn't recognize the name and i when i clicked on who it was i was like oh god who is this person and i was like oh thank you but i should not have answered but i did um and then we got into like conversation uh and he started talking about things that the parts of the comedy that i was doing when you said this i thought it was really really funny so i'm like oh so he was at the show last night oh okay oh so this guy's cool so i asked hey why didn't you come up and say hi or something Mm -hmm. and he goes where and i was like at the show and he's like what show and i'm like oh my god what is happening um turns out very long story short I had done this um uh comedy special with a bunch of other comics that was then sold on like it was sold on Amazon Prime. And it was I only did seven minutes, so I just didn't think anything. He had seen that, saw my name, and then DM'd me. Okay, I always go, oh. God, I, I don't know these people. I'm, I have to be cautious now. All right, so then the guard goes up. Like, yeah. oh, then you go from, I thought I knew you to them. No. Then it was, hey, I want to do comedy. Uh, help me. Oh, oh. Know. oh uh, I'm going to send you clips. You tell me if they're funny. And he was oh, sending clips. Yeah. And oh my God, they were not funny. And I was like, oh God, how did I get into this situation? Even super long story short, a couple of Weeks later, I get another DM from somebody else who I don't know that says this. So-and-so is my boyfriend. Lay off him. I don't know the relationship that you two have, but he's mine. I will come and hunt you down. I'm like, wait, what? OK, two guys living in podunk, wherever, watching this like, gay list thing that I was on. Um, The one is DMing me. The other one sees the DMs, (laughs) not dirty at all, thinking we're having an affair. I'm like, okay, I'm like, that's it. Cut it off. I just cut it. I stopped talking to the people. Then they started coming in constantly, nonstop, nonstop. Why aren't you talking to me? The boyfriend, you better not be talking to him. I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? My comedy partner at the time mikey from the mikey and teddy show at foobar years ago uh-huh. um, says to me did you ever google these people like who are they because i would be like i'm kind of worried they were from i don't remember where like alabama or something and they were on the lam they, were, they ran a meth lab in their basement of their home. What? The cops raided it. They left town. And I could tell you where they are because they're DMing me. We're coming to California and making us comedians. We're now in wherever, Texas. And I'm like, oh my God. do I go to the police? What do I do? <laughs> oh, help me. I went to the West Hollywood Police Department and they were like, um, well, there's really nothing we can do. I'm like, OK, hello. They had a meth lab in Alabama and now they're looking for them. And now look at my DMs. They're in, they were they were in here, and then they were in here and then they were in here. And then I advertise where my show is and then they can come to my show and they'll probably kill me. The cops were like, get this guy out of our office. <laughs> that was the craziest DMs. Eventually I had to like be like a real dick and be like, stop contacting me. Be done. They still live here. Whoa. Like, Whoa. I didn't unfriend them because I wanted <laughs> to keep an eye on them. Yeah. But they still live here. Do you How know if they've ever popped up at a show of yours? I'm sorry. I don't know. I have oh, no idea. You know, there was a time that when I would be on stage, like, Are they here? Like, Are they looking. Here? Like, <laughs> I couldn't be in myself because I was like, someone has a gun. We're going to have to start doing a metal detector at Free Bar for the show. God.
1: But how did you know that it was them, like from the news articles?
0: Their pictures? They had their picture in the paper of the know, Alabama Gazette. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the in the, when, in the DMs, they would tell me about their life. Like, yeah, we live in Alabama, but we're thinking of leaving. Uh, I lived in the basement of my grandmother. I'm like, this all corroborates. Their names. And then, their names were in the paper. So I, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So now when someone says, enjoy your show, they don't even get a heart.
1: <sighs> did you ever, did they, how did you end the conversations? With them? Yeah.
0: At the end when it was finally over?
1: Like, how did it be like, okay, I can no longer talk to you?
0: It was just that. I was like, look. You watched a video that I was in. You started you you started our conversation. I'm ending our conversation because I don't know you. I don't know who you are. I don't know anything about you yet. You want all these things from me. They were even at one point. Can we crash with you, both of them? Oh Can we crash with you? Goodness. Because no. we'll be in a, we'll be in around L.A. in like five days. What? You don't even know me. What the hell? Know me alone. Jeez.
1: Damn, I am glad that I asked that. That was a really? great
2: <laughs> and I'm glad you responded to my DM. My goodness, thank you for coming on the pod again. <laughs> oh wow, you're
1: lucky, Alejandro. You're lucky. I really am. Alejandro,
0: is that a meth lab behind you, or are you just happy to see me?
2: Well, you know, I am concocting something back here, but the the mystery still remains. So <laughs> we'll see how it shapes
0: up. <laughs>
1: oh, now no, I'm scared. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> Damn. All right. Now, I think it is time for the DM of the week. DM, DM, of, the DM
0: week. of the week.
2: Uh, what is a song that makes you think of kicking ass?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Tell us. Okay, I'm 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 not into musical theater at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up in the acting track, and we used to make fun of the musical theater track.
1: Okay, and this is me. I, <laughs>
0: um, but for some reason, there are the the, the songs that give me pow- like I feel powerful. I can feel the power coming through my body mm. are like Jesus Christ Superstar from uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, uh-huh. um, the anything from Evita, like, <laughs> but the one thing that just makes me want to just kill it all. Is I just want to fucking dance. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Um, I don't even remember the name of the lady who sings it, but it was from a Broadway musical. It was called the Jerry Springer musical. Oh, wow. It lasted, I think, two hours on Broadway. But this song <laughs> came. This song came out of it, and it's it's the the lines are like I don't give a fuck no more if people say. And then it goes into this powerful a dance like da, it's a really it's, it's very gay. But it's amazing. It's called I Just Wanna Fucking Dance. That's the name of the song that was like this. It's the one thing out of that Broadway show that kind of like took off. And if you uh YouTube it, there's there's a video of, I mean, a million dance numbers from cinema and it, to watch it, you just want to get up and just do. And I, every time I hear that song, it just puts me in a, I got this, honey, I got this. I absolutely love it. Oh. I, that might now, have been a, your gayest answer ever.
2: What's a, What's a song that gives you all the feels?
0: I don't have feels you don't
2: <laughs> oh my goodness the tin man are we blessed with the tin man today
0: <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> um I music is really important to me in my acting like I I use music to find the moment I need to be in and uh there's there's several songs my when I get a when I get a script or if I like audition for something I will read the whole thing because my biggest I have two fears please don't ask me to be naked. And, oh, God, I, I I hope I don't have to cry. Mm-hmm. It takes me a long, not that I can't, it takes me a long time to get there, but it takes me even longer to shed it, to let it go. And that's the part I don't like. I don't mind getting there because we'll get it on camera, we'll get it on film, it'll be great. But I it, take, it takes sometimes like days for me because I'll really go there. And um, there's there's a lot of my parents are Greek. My dad is from Greece. So I grew up with a lot of Greek music. So there's a Greek song that can just I'll just fill up like it doesn't. Oh. It's not that hard for me to get there. And uh, if, for a song that everyone would know that would put me in the fields. It's like a 70s song that I didn't even like, you know, growing up as a kid, but I hear it now. And it's by Naz. And it's called Love Hurts. Cher mm. covered it, but hers doesn't make me cry. Interesting. But um it's 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 a song about love, how love hurts and love wounds and love scars. And if it's and the way the guy sings it, he's almost wailing it and the guitar is wailing. But it's it's look it up, listen to it. It's like a and it I literally feel it here, you know? Yes. And it can I, and then you just start my body starts to tingle. and if I just concentrate, I can well up. Wow. So that's the song that I use if if I have the Greek songs, but I have like a playlist of songs if I'm asked to be crying. I know we can
2: catch you on AJ and the Queen, on Dahmer, but yeah, how can we or how can our listeners stay updated and keep up with all that you're
0: doing? Um, everything I do, I do on my Instagram at Teddy Margus, and I do have a TikTok, which is at Teddy Margus. Um, and that's where I post wherever I'm going to be performing and what's going on. And now, you know, everything stops for the the holidays. So we're back social yeah. media meltdowns, January 19th, <laughs> where's that at? That's at the, um, the improv on Melrose. Oh, I'm doing Karen again. She, you better bring her out! Oh my gosh! She, do, they so want—they actually at the improv management was like, "Is Teddy on?" Could you tell them to do Karen? I'm uh-huh. like, oh my god! They're, they're now they're telling me to do Karen. Okay, I'll do Karen.
1: You've been such a joy to talk to. So, Oh, thank you wonderful. so much.
0: Scott, oh, I love you guys. Thank you.
1: Wow. I certainly feel totally rejuvenated after talking to Teddy and ready to um, just continue on in my career, feeling motivated and not letting my inner child stop me.
2: And I'm excited to add Merv Griffin to the list of inspirational people that we can learn something from. I mean, my goodness. What a, what a load of joy and like I said earlier, wisdom. I'm, I'm just, I'm so tickled by his And even the sound of his voice. My gosh, I could listen to him all day. Seriously. Yeah.
1: Especially when he talks about his little martini glasses. <laughs> really was killing me.
2: Right? I would love, oh my God. I would love to see a clip of that moment or that act where just the glasses get larger and larger and larger. Oh my God, that's beautiful. Oh. I love Love. him. Love you, Teddy. Thank
1: you. Love you, Teddy, and we (laughs) love you, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels. Please let us know if you're liking our rebrand. Please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to your podcasts, and please continue to write to us in your DMs.
2: We are waiting. Our DMs are open. Always accepting any questions, concerns, or yeah, just tribulations let's get into it shall all we
1: all <laughs> right everybody well thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of damsels in the dms
2: until next time
1: it's going down in the dms bye
0: dms dms we don't need them we just leave them please yeah
1: it's going down in the dms bye